other teachers can feel insecure about seemingly anything when it's like why can't we all be good at our jobs Mm -hmm. exactly it's such a weird like society is strange when it's like it's it's like always competition but it's like we all have jobs here yeah, it's true though. Because like, why, like why can't we both be good? Yeah, like I do a lot of public speaking and I do a lot of student facing stuff, and I have colleagues who are just like, "Oh, I could never do what you do." And like, that's why I do it. That's that's my yeah. job. That's why yeah. I go up and talk to hundreds of students at the time because I'm good at that. Yeah. And there are some folks that I interact with, like on my campus or at other campuses or in my field, but, yeah. who are like totally put off by it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. I do not care that you're put off by it because yeah. this is my job. This is my approach. This is how I do things. I show up to work in short shorts and a t-shirt. Granted, I've covered this billions of times. I know it's a lot of privilege, but it's also like how I connect with students. Like For sure. I connect in a different way. You connect in your way or don't connect or I don't connect. I know I also alienate a shit ton of students with my approach. So just recognize that like a lot of folks of our generation, millennial kids, like... Mm we're going to connect in a different way just because we're closer in age and we understand and some that's of this stuff. okay and we have the awareness that one day we're going to be we're going to be older <laughs> too and we're going to have a different role and that's okay too but like to not to not be cognizant of that is super strange like it's like guys like it's okay it'll be okay like i can be good at a thing and that doesn't mean you're not good at your thing. Mm-hmm. We're all okay at this. We're yeah. all here. And if actually, if we support each other instead of trying to be like, instead of being passive aggressive about, well, he's doing that, but it's not like what I do. It's like, yeah. then we perhaps maybe have a stronger community going on here. Instead <laughs> of, I don't know. <laughs> so sometimes you get your gripe on. Welcome to the EduPunks podcast. This is your host, Craig Biedemann. Pretty excited for this week's uh, episode because it's our first international episode. Oh yeah, as international as Canada. That's right. This week, uh, past weekend, Katie and I went up to Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and we met with some friends and just hung out. 
took it easy, left the States for a minute. It's always nice to do that. Our third annual trip up to Montreal. Always love going up there. While we were in Montreal, I got to sit down and have a nice chat with my friend Chris Paraskevis. Uh, Chris is a high school English teacher, which is really exciting because I used to be a high school English teacher. So we get to talk a lot about um, being educators, being teachers, and being English teachers. Uh, we both have a lot in common in terms of the types of books that we like to use, the way we like to approach teaching, and even the music that we listen to. Uh, so we have a really good conversation on what it's like teaching English in French Canada. Uh, Chris is also uh, an American-born human being. He was born in Mass and then moved up to Mon uh, Montreal with his family. So he learned there. He lived there. So he lived there and had to kind of learn the culture, learn French, do the whole thing, and has now become a pretty a pretty well integrated member of the community in Montreal, which is really great. And so you get to hear his perspective on all of that. This week, you get to hear tunes from me and Capri's newly remastered EP for those who think you. Uh, the uh, remaster is out through Disposable America, our good friends at Disposable America. You get a couple bonus tracks. You get a nice cover of an Alex Shilton song. There's a lot of great tunes on this EP, and you get to hear some of them throughout this episode. It's a pretty kick-ass EP, a lot of kick-ass songs. You'll get to that a little bit later. We're over the 50-episode mark now, which is really cool. Almost to 100. Just one, one step closer to getting to our 100th episode. That's pretty sweet. Uh, last week's episode with Matt Coviello was really great. Got to hear back from a lot of colleagues who work with their public safety folks on their campuses. So I was really glad that that resonated with some folks. Hell yeah, that's exciting. If you haven't taken a moment to rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast, please do that. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That'd be really helpful. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and you can also join the Facebook group if you want to stay in touch with the podcast there as well. All right, let's stop wasting time. and Let's get to this conversation with my pal, Chris Paraskevis. So we're in Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada. I'm sitting with my uh, my friend uh, Chris per Paraskevis. That's right. I nailed it. Yeah. Chris Paraskevis. Christopher Jude. Christopher Jude. Paraskevis. Paraskevis. Yes. Yeah, it's you a triple name. threat. You have a name. Yeah, it's it's full fledged. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, a lot. There's a lot going on there. Like no one could tell where you're from. No, no, no. Even I have trouble. Like, like, <laughs> like my family kind of has this weird sort of like half Greek, half Italian, but Dang. came from Turkey. Okay. Like, there's like a there's like a disconnect there where it's where we like identify with like nothing in particular, but can make jokes about all of the different nationalities. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but the last name is Greek. Which is frustrating because it like everyone assumes I like, grew up like going to like Greek school on Saturdays. Yeah. And, like, but like my Greek is really deplorable. Like, like there's no, I don't like have that as like a deep cultural rooted like nationality yeah. for yeah. me at all. But my last name suggests like 
Hellas, like, <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, like I get like people who read it and like nodded me like you're one of us. Yeah. Like, nah, well, yeah. I mean, it's cool that you want like a sense of community, but I don't know if I'd fit in entirely. Yeah. That's great. Because no one can peg where I'm from or anything. Because my last name is very uncommon and yeah. ambiguous, which I love. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I think, I'm, I don't know. It's names, right? Yeah, kinda, they're dumb. You kind of have to figure it out. But I'm really glad we got onto that. Because we're going to get a little bit into your identities soon. Because you're, you're kind of like all over the place a little bit. And I know a bit about you. Okay. Can you tell folks a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from, how you got here? For sure. So I, I uh, have lived in Montreal since I was like nine years old, I want to say. We came here in... No, no, since I was seven. So we came here in 2000. Uh, my parents... Um, so my parents like lived here. They like immigrated here from Turkey with their families met each other when they were here and then my parents moved to the states for work and had my brother and i so they moved to uh mass and then we came back so i lived for like the first seven years in a small town called uh pittsfield mm -hmm. massachusetts pittsfield mass pittsfield mass yeah uh which is like, kind of like a small suburb and yeah i don't i don't really it's strange. I don't know if I feel totally American, mm -hmm. but it's it's. I don't know if it's cool. Cool. Now, See, that's but... why. I, that's why I said like you have some interesting identities. Yeah, where but I, you are an American, and at the same time, I don't necessarily feel that like deep rooted Canada pride either. So I'm kind of caught in this yeah. gray area that I've always been okay with. It's never been like a deep struggle, and a lot of that has to do with like it's so much easier to be in that gray space as a white guy. Uh huh. To be like, you know, kind of accepted mm -hmm. everywhere regardless, right? Yeah. But, uh, and that would be a, like a very different struggle if I wasn't, I would have to imagine. Mm -hmm. But I can't really fathom it. Um, yeah, so I kind of am caught in between when it comes to nationality, but that has never really uh, been a problem. But I did a lot of my schooling here, so I really only did kindergarten in the States. Mm -hmm. And I came here and did everything else. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is because my mom did school here in like English, mm -hmm. I was allowed also uh, uh, to do school here like in English. So mm -hmm. because the law would state that if so, you're only allowed to go to like an English school if your parents did here. Hmm. Okay. You don't have a choice. Okay. So, yeah, I did, like, English school the entire time. Obviously, we had French classes. Yeah, I was going to say, do you get that as you're going through? You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did... But my... it's not French first. No. Because Montreal is very French first, correct? Yeah, I mean, the entire provinces. Yeah. yeah. And that switch, I think, hap happened, I mean, uh, decades prior. Mm -hmm. But uh, because it was predominantly English, like, I think during the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then French had a big sort of uh, turnaround here. Um, yeah, so I got to do my schooling in English, and I, I don't know, I just... Uh, so I'm currently a teacher. Like, I guess I can 
yeah. jump ahead to that. No, no, so, no, for sure. Yeah, so I teach high school. I, uh, last year I taught grade 10 and 11. Like, I uh, teach mostly English. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, which is really cool, I'll be teaching grade 8, so I'm super stoked on that. Middle schoolers? Yeah, so the tinier kids. Oh, dang. Uh, so I'm really, really, really stoked on that. That'll be really fun, and I have, like, my own class, and it'll be, a, like, a really good time. Um, yeah, so I'll be heading into my third year of teaching in, like, a month, in, like, three weeks. That's really cool. exciting. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to do it since I was, like, a kid, since I was, like, seven or yeah. eight or nine. I just kind of went, like, this room I'm in, I, like, kind of want to do that thing that they're doing over there. Was and, there, like, a uh, specific teacher that did that for you? Um, you know what's funny is I have I have a co- colleague who says, like, there are two types of re- there are two reasons why people want to become teachers. One is there was one teacher who like really inspired you mm-hmm. and was like your teacher, yeah. or you didn't have any teachers like that, and you yeah. were, and you were like, I can do all of your jobs way better. <laughs> That's um, so valid. I don't want to say that that was the experience I had because I currently teach at the school that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I don't, I don't know if I would go that far, but um, I feel like it was probably a mixture of both. I think you end up kind of teaching as this like fragmented conglomeration of all of the good teachers you had, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so I kind of picked and chose kind of what I wanted to to be in terms of a teacher in the classroom, in hmm. terms of uh, performance and kind of what my identity was in class. But hmm. sometimes I'm not really sure, like, if your identity as a teacher in class is not, like the actual you mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes like the the guy i am as teacher chris is is like the most like pure saturated version of me <laughs> whereas who i am perhaps right now or uh-huh. like on the street or with friends is like me trying to pick it all like just trying to figure it out you know <laughs> where you would um, think it would be the others the yeah right like but i don't think... know whenever i'm in front of a classroom i do feel it and like people have always said this to me like when i'm in front of a group of people it's like it's me to another degree like it's yeah. it's you it's me turned up because um i am a pretty you know loud outgoing guy yeah but once i'm in front of a group of people and i'm supposed to be educating mm-hmm. i do that and I have value I'm trying to give to them. I have stuff I'm trying to share. Because generally, when I, like, I mean, we've been hanging out the last day or so here in Montreal. I'm just loud in general. So <laughs> that's just like my personality. I even yeah. made that comment earlier today. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Canadians like loud people. Because like, I make, I've been outbursts. I've had outbursts and people are just like, oh, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's necessarily true for all of Canada, but mm-hmm. Montreal specifically has this weird sort of, like, street anxiety mm-hmm. where, like, they just kind of want to, like... Chill they just out. Wanna, yeah, they just want everyone to... I don't know if... Yeah, they just want everyone to be quiet. Yeah. They're just, like, just don't... just Like, we're just, here to just relax. Yeah, Calm they're, like, down. not really concerned about... They just don't want to be concerned with yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? We so, like, I'm loud... Them. 
Yeah. But when I'm when I'm actually educating, I'm trying to like do it with a purpose. For so sure. So it's loudness yeah. with a purpose. Oh no, definitely. <laughs> and I think there's a lot to be said about like loudness as a way of like I don't know. Kid like kids especially sometimes you just need to get the kids attention any way you can Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're just fascinated with like the the lengths you as a teacher are willing Mm -hmm. to go they're like oh my god this guy is like really like pulling out all of the stops yeah like i might as well yeah you know what i mean like (laughs) i'll do all right let's like figure it out you know like i taught high school for a couple of years and i always had a lot of fun doing that and just like bringing up things that students wouldn't like expect a teacher to bring up in class like i did a lot of like I asked them to think about injustice and oppression and all this stuff. And yeah. it was like so the first time some of those students were ever thinking about that stuff. And even earlier this week, uh, a bunch of like our nursing folks host this like youth nursing class thing over the summer. Yeah. And they brought me in with <laughs> my job related to universal health services. And they're like, Craig, can you just do like a wellness talk and then answer some questions for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, sure. So I did this little talk and like, they're a bunch of high school kids from Boston. So they're loud. They're interrupting a bunch yeah. like they're high school students. Their attention spans suck. But like knowing like I, I'm really good at breaking the ice at the beginning with laughter and being silly and then doing something serious. So mm-hmm. I can tell that they're listening and then do something silly and weird. And then the whole Q and a, was them just, I opened up the box and I was like, so I also do sexual health education. If any of you have questions, yeah. just go for it. The next hour it's was just, just every single thing they had in their brain just to see if they could get me to like not answer something. And I was like, no, I will oh. give you all of these answers. And so like, like kind of like approximately how, how old were these, these guys? were like These were like 15 to 18. Okay, so... Like, so they were curious. They were curious, but did you feel like the room had anxiety in regards to, like, just asking questions in general? Like... A couple students Just did. because they're with each other? I think I mean? at first some of them did. Yeah. And then they saw other folks asking questions that I think some of them also had. And then they right. were like, oh, I could ask this one now. And so it made me miss being in the high school class setting. Yeah. But also, I didn't have to answer to parents. In that moment, like oh, I would, for sure. I wouldn't have had to. You're in and you're out. Yeah, right? yeah. That's so. like the most liberating thing. But I figured, like, a lot of the time though, like, that's occasionally a concern. Is like, ah, is this gonna go? Like, how is this going to be? How will what I'm teaching right now go mm-hmm. home? Like, mm-hmm. what what distorted version of what I'm telling them mm-hmm. is going to be brought up at the dinner table. Because you know how they take in stuff. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure, yeah. But um, I think teaching uh, t- teaching out of fear is like a super dangerous game. You might as well not really be t- teaching at all. Oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about this. Yeah, I think I haven't like, thought about this. Let's talk about this. I So... Uh, a couple years, couple years ago, uh, I was my grade ten class uh, for English, and we read *To Kill a Mockingbird*. And I wanted to do more kind of something contemporary in regards to the uh, black experience, kind mm-hmm. of right right now, mm-hmm. like in America. And 
I was watching this show, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've yeah, heard. Of yeah, so the Donald uh, Glover show, and just everything about it was fantastic. Like mm-hmm. it was just incredible. Mm-hmm. So it c- kind of addresses like the 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 complicated n- nature of kind of what it means to be black in the mm-hmm. states right now, and also has a lot of like literary merit in terms mm-hmm. of like how it's shot and like what they do with like narrative and uh perspective and all that and so i was just kind of like let's let's do it and it was my first year teaching and i don't in hindsight it was kind of uh bold yeah to teach I, I taught the entire season like like that's like, incredible like we watched 10 episodes like we had a package with like tons of different like questions and discussion topics and like we're talking about these like like issues of race, sexuality, the ethics of uh, drug use and all of that mm-hmm. like in our class for like three weeks. In hindsight, it should have been like f- five weeks, but it was like my f- first year, so yeah. I'm just trying to figure out like what the hell I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, and it was like so rewarding. It was yeah. like the most interesting discussions I could have like possibly had had yeah. asked for and there were a ton of times where I was like what like not that there was anything true truly like r- risky like mm-hmm. risky risky but you know there's there's drug use like in the actual show yeah. um there's references to sex there's mm-hmm. you know like it's all stuff that kids in high school are watching now and are exposed to um and i thought like you know not that there was trouble on the horizon but Mm -hmm. maybe i would get a call or you had in the back of your mind in the back of something could come up and it never happened Mm because i think i also taught it at a point in the year where there was a good amount of trust like Mm. like in the class Mm -hmm. where they all felt kind of like a little tribe Hmm. and there was a lot of it was just a really good class as well like sometimes you don't have like the the best group chemistry Mm -hmm. but this one really worked so i felt more secure in uh teaching it that's a big thing to learn that's huge yeah yeah because there's some classes that just are not cut out for it yeah for sure some some stuff works with one group and just does just absolutely doesn't oh yeah with another like and i because i would go through teaching the same thing four classes a day and there's one class that would just click with everything the Mm. next class was like okay the third class like loved everything we were doing everyone was on the same page and the last class was just like we don't care yeah 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 but like i can't and it's all the same grade. It's all the same class. I can't like change for one class, really. Yeah. So it's hard to like get some folks, some students, to develop that that buy-in when you have this idea of like this is something super cool that I'm getting to show you right now. Like, I actually kind of exactly know what you're talking about when it comes to teaching from fear. Mm. Like, it's hard to do that because I would do, um, and I can get where you you show that you show Atlanta and you're sure like man maybe some parents are just not going to be okay with me showing this to their 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 kids whatever. But also 
perhaps they just don't want their kids seeing a show about black people. Yeah, like in that was a legitimate thought yeah. I had. Was like, damn, like maybe that like alone yeah. is a problem. Yeah, but no, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, and so like that is something that you have to have in the back of your mind when you're doing the, this sort of teaching. And so yeah. when I um, was teaching on. Um, I was teaching on poetry in music mm-hmm. and I used um, or I, like literary devices in music and I used yeah. one of the lightest beat songs, uh, King Park, okay. which is one of the most intense songs they have. Yeah. And I feel like it has a pretty uh, heavy it, refrain now. Yeah. At the very end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what I was scared about. Yeah. Um, and the whole, the whole song is about gang shooting and the person who is killed goes and watches his murderer get caught by the police and at the end the murderer yells the lines can i still get into heaven if i kill myself Mm -hmm. and it's a line that has always like really messed with me Mm -hmm. and but i think it's really it's a really powerful device and i taught this song to students to show voice and perspective yeah because it shifts a couple times in the song and um the first time the teach the cooperating teacher i was working with heard it he was like why did you do that oh so at that time you were a student teacher yeah at that time oh I was. man okay and so i that, shook... now that is true truly bold sir well yeah done. oh yeah. and i did it twice yeah and so <laughs> not once twice <laughs> he was like i don't know why you did that that's such an intense song for those students and i was like yeah, yeah but do you know that this student this student this student have all like shared with us that they're like self-harming or they've thought about killing themselves and all these other things it's important for them to hear these sorts of perspectives these sorts of um um takes on life so they can understand that they're not the only person who's thought about this stuff yeah and that it's okay and to see it in a perspective uh in the context of a song and in context of literary stuff there's a lot of ways to cope with a lot of these feelings if we put it in art and he didn't really get that and like which is really frustrating for me, but then I was like, okay, I'll change the the lesson, and I switched it to using the alchemy index okay. and the sonnets at the end of each right. one of the yeah, uh, yeah, EPs. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, and I basically just turned classes into showing how to write Shakespearean sonnets, the couplets, how to use perspective in that, and it it shifted the whole thing. It became a way better thing. It became a way better class. But I was willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. I was scared. Um, I was nervous when I went against my cooperating teacher the first year. Yeah, And was sure. like, I'm going to do this again. Because I want to see how it goes. But I think the, what's interesting, and I think what kind of carries through, is that you, you were, at the start, you were teaching something that you were passionate about mm-hmm. and even when you changed it mm-hmm. you were still teaching something that you were really passionate about yeah so i think when you're taking risks and when you're teaching even if you have a bit of fear mm-hmm. what will save you is if what you're teaching you feel super strongly about and that you know it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i yeah, think because yeah. i sure <laughs> yeah you, yeah you definitely need to know <laughs> And yeah. I think that that's where some people fall. Well, especially as a student teacher, a lot yeah. of the time you're thrust into a spot where you are teaching stuff you really don't know. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a huge problem is it's it's like you're you reach a point where you're like evaluated on 
Everything. Like teaching as performance mm-hmm. in like the student teacher mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. when you're like thrust in like, all right, you've got like three weeks here, teach some stuff that you yeah. learned like last night. Yes, sometimes I still am teaching stuff that I like quickly read over mm-hmm. last night that I got from like a colleague because mm-hmm. we got a lot of stuff that w- yeah. we have to cover, right? Mm-hmm. But I think definitely teaching something that you love like like the kids pick up on that yeah like this year i taught um i i like i wanted the entire year to be about how many different ways there there are to kind of tell a story so mm-hmm. we looked at at uh plays and uh poetry and novels um and at the end of the year i was like music like let's do like an album mm-hmm. so we did Sufjan Stevens, uh, Carrie and Lowell. Cool. We did the entire album. One of the In most hindsight, saddest fucking albums. Yeah, I'm, ever sta- hear. I'm starting to re- <laughs> realize that when I, <laughs> I like have trouble like picking like one like, it, if I'm another teacher, I feel like if I teach Atlanta, I teach an episode. Mm-hmm. Or if you teach Sufjan, pick a song. Uh-huh. I'm like. We're doing a unit. It's the entire damn album. We're doing every song. Get We're doing ready, every guys. show. Yeah. And like for some kids, it's really tiring. But what kind of carries them to the end is I f- or I felt like they could see that I was like I was in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is real yeah. art yeah. that I feel really strongly about. Yeah. And I can teach the hell out of this yeah. thing. That's great. So like. You need, like, you're with me here. You mm-hmm. have to be with me. Yeah. And they ultimately, obviously, you're going to have a couple strays that you have to, yeah. you know, hold their hand through it. But, you know, it's a really rewarding when you see kids talking or writing about, like, pain and loss and, like, guilt and regret and all that stuff in relationship to, like, an artist that they can then reflect on and apply to their own lives. You're, you're like, man maybe I didn't just teach them a song. Maybe they'll remember this shit when someone close to them has to go. Or, oh, yeah. or like when they don't know how these feelings within them are trying to work themselves out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, I feel like I we looked at like mixed feelings when it comes to death and guilt yeah. and like maybe yeah. I should have reached out to mom or dad or like, mm-hmm. you know? Um no, and I think you're you're doing a couple things there. One, you're exposing them to something that they may not have explored before on their own, like yeah, the music, the TV sure. show. Um, like, because I would always bring music into the classroom. Like, I'd start every class period with the music video on the screen as they're like yeah. coming in, doing their whatever, and then I'd be like, "This is this song from this album. If you like this band, here's where you find their music." And then I would be like, "All right, here we go," because I'd write it on the board every day because I like. If you like this stuff, follow up on it. I like exposing them to that. And I still have students who thank me for that. Um, You're also giving them full context. Yeah. Because I think there's a difference in showing a clip of something. Oh my God, yeah. Than a song from an album. Especially if it's an album with such a theme or a concept. Mm -hmm. Or just an episode of a show. Sometimes if the show is like short enough, like the first season of Atlanta is what, 10 episodes? Yeah. You can show the whole thing. Like, you, yeah, it takes for sure, like, for sure. Two weeks to do yeah. the whole... You and do, it's all in class. Yeah, it's like, like an yeah. episode a day, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not a whole lot. And you're showing them the full context full context of the entire thing mm-hmm. so that they have all the information they need and they can fully 
take in and critique and pull out everything that they need from that instead of being like i read this one chapter from this one book yeah and i think i've got it all down yeah yeah (laughs) i read the back of the book i've got it (laughs) yeah yeah context is crucial this is a quick commercial break from the podcast just want to give you a quick reminder about our friend Jacqueline O'Connell she hasn't been on the podcast in a few months I miss her a whole bunch Uh, it was great doing in between spins episodes with her but I just want to remind you that you can check out inbetweenspins.com or find in between spins on YouTube on the internet all over social media Jacqueline is still up to making some pretty kick-ass videos inviting friends on some videos as well and sharing about a bunch of opinions on music and culture and a bunch of great stuff. So please go over to inbetweenspins.com, go to inbetweenspins on Instagram and Twitter, and connect with all the stuff that Jacqueline's doing because she's doing some kick-ass things, and you need to support her because she's one of my favorite people. And I like seeing my friends do cool stuff. And I think you like cool stuff if you're listening to this. All right, that's all I got. Let's get back to this conversation with Chris Paraskevis. So when did so you realized you wanted to be a high school teacher pretty early? Yes. Um, yeah. What was like the first step in your mind where you like took that step to go do it? Was it during college? Um, Is that always the goal. So when I. I left high school, and in uh, Quebec, we have this, like, interim college thing called uh, CGEP, okay. which is, like, a two-year pre-college program, okay. um, or, like, school, okay. where you can choose, like, a more specific focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could go into sciences, or communications, mm-hmm. or creative arts, liberal arts, um history bola um it's kind of like a nice sort of like interim between high school where the expectations obviously i teach it so they're high in my class but in terms of like research and like really dense work are less than Mm -hmm. university is it kind of is that training where it's like university is going to be very different than what high school is you're going to spend two years here progressing Mm -hmm. and for a lot of people it's super helpful for me it was quite a bit so in CGEP I studied uh, liberal arts Mm -hmm. which I mean you obviously know Um, and during that time I was kind of torn between like do I want to still go for the teacher route that I had kind of like all of my high school uh, time I was like I'm gonna be there in mm-hmm. like seven years or yeah like, I'm not, I'm not, like don't worry man i'm i'm just gonna be standing there i'm gonna have your job <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna trumpet in a way um <laughs> not in any of the ways he's uh, he's doing it yeah. but yeah um and so i was kind of torn between like teaching and 
journalism, but in hindsight, I don't think I was as torn as I thought I was. Hmm. I felt like... In your brain, you were trying to convince yourself you were? <laughs> maybe, yeah, because maybe I felt like teaching was a little too, I don't know, cookie cutter, or hmm. like didn't give me the opportunity to be like the artist that I wanted to be. <laughs> um, but in a way, I think it actually kind of has made my appreciation of art even greater. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I kind of just pulled the trigger, applied to McGill, uh, and like education was it. So I, I was super committed to, to that, and uh, my stages worked out pretty well. Um, I don't know what that means. So it's sorry. So a stage is like student teaching. Okay. So yeah, it's just like okay. Uh, yeah, it's like a what like an internship. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. Um, and a lot of people were like kind of curious because like growing up, I had a stutter and like I still still do. Oh, I didn't um, notice. Yeah, it's like tough for some. <laughs> oh, you, you bastard! <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, yeah, it's like it's pretty manageable now. Yeah, no, no, I don't know how aware you are of it. Sorry. How how aware are you of it when it's happening? Or oh, is it I'm just... I'm like painfully aware. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't bother me at all. I notice it. It doesn't bother yeah, me yeah. at all. Um. So the weird thing and what so before my first like internship, I kind of had a night like it was like the night prior, where in my head I was like, can I do this? With this <laughs> like I'm about to walk into a high school. I'm a not. I'm like 19. Yeah. And I'm like. I have to pass myself off as an adult, <laughs> and I. It's probably the have, hardest part. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing like a bunch of cardigans and shit. Um, and double I'm like, up on your cardigans yeah. just to make sure this one's double-breasted. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, I have this speech impediment with which is like, even with my friends at times, kind of like a barrier, but not socially too crazy for me Mm -hmm. and then once i got into the classroom like the speech stuff kind of went away cool and something it's like a weird combination of like having to project Mm -hmm. having to perform having to be like i said like in my mind like the purest version of who i am Mm -hmm. like just like superhero me Mm -hmm. um and it never really was a problem that's awesome it's still kind of kind of isn't to the point where I haven't even really addressed it like if the kid or the kids want to bring it up like I'm all ears man I'll talk about it and this and that but Mm -hmm. it's more of a it it just comes across more frequently with like to be honest like my parents not that they are a struggle with me at all really but um I feel like at times the more comfortable I am the more I'll stutter because it's not it's not a problem if I do. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I know I have a job where it's a problem if I'm constantly stuttering. Yeah. So I, like, turn it up a gear. Mm. And it's yeah, cool. I was pretty curious about that. But yeah. honestly, and, like, I never, like, I had a friend who had a pretty intense, um, like, facial tick. Yeah. And I never asked him uh, about it until, like, yeah. he said something about it. Mm-hmm. And I go, I mean, yeah, I've, I've noticed it doesn't really bother me. He's like, oh, because I think about it all the time. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you're fine. Don't so the weird worry. thing. It's it's interesting for me just because there are people who stutter where it's like very much a painfully, it it's like a core feature of yeah their lives yeah and it's like a constant struggle yeah. and I know like it can interfere with 
some stuff and I kind of reached a point where I just kind of woke up and went like I refuse to let this be like the defining thing about me yeah I refuse to like like order a Sprite just because it's easier to say than a Coke you know like screw that but um what was I gonna say I lost it damn it uh da 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 yeah the hardest thing for a person who stammers or stutters is to like listen to someone else who has a stutter because it's like it's like your entire life as a person who stutters is you trying to completely ignore that you stutter (laughs) so that's why like when you stutter on a word you like you like try to completely finish it and then quickly like just like move on like like i'm done with the word like like it's done you know, because you're trying to just, like, that's in the past. It's done. Like, I don't <laughs> stutter anymore. But when you're confronted with someone else who has it, it's like holding a mirror constantly to your... It's like the most painful thing. So when I was in Sejep, there was, like, another student who I had some, like, sociology class with who had a stutter. And, like, it was, like, I was constantly nauseous just because i was like is that me like is that what i am yeah. and i was like but i also like there's a sense of like you got this man like like you can do this you can get it out like i do it you can do it yeah. like we're gonna be okay Aww. but so like watching a movie like the king's speech is like an absolute nightmare for me really yeah like i i it's a great film i saw mm-hmm. it i like but it's hard like, i would never watch it again like I can't do it because it's just a it's a constant reminder of what I'm kind of having to deal with mm-hmm. and a whole part of having a stutter is trying to like ignore it. Hmm. It's like it doesn't. So, I mean, yeah, it's not really a painful part of my life really at all, I'd hmm. say. And if it happens, it happens. It hasn't really stopped me from Yeah. I mean, my career is talking in front of groups of kids so yeah it's clearly going kind of okay yeah and they keep hiring me for some reason for so sure for it's sure going all right i mean speaking of that i think it's interesting that that is one of the things you um are kind of like managing yeah with your identity as well as being kind of um an americanized french canadian teaching English in French Canada. How is all that? Uh, you know, is, was it's French hard? Like, what is this? So like, French is... So my French really sucks, man. Okay. It's like... You really only... My favorite thing is, like, you really... Whenever something's, like, going wrong or you have some sort of exasperation, you yeah, yeah. always use French like, to do it. Qu'est-ce que tu fais, man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just like... Yeah, so my my, like... Joal, which is like slang, is mm-hmm. is like solid. Yeah. Like I like I've got good like coffee shop because I worked in a bunch of coffee shops, so I really know how to complain in French. Okay. I know how to do it's what I like to call like transaction French. Okay. Like how much is this? What do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that stuff I could like I can hold like a retail job in French is not a problem. Okay. But if I had to like teach in French, like that'd be a disaster. Okay. Um yeah, there, there was something, I think it might have been a combination of coming here from the States, starting grade one, having a stutter, and also being like, 
pretty, like, I don't know. I just didn't want to learn French. I was, yeah. I was just like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. And I just <laughs> rejected it like a, kind of like a jerk. Like, yeah. I was, I was stupid for not really pushing it. Um, but I worked in French and it improved and yeah, but in terms of like my, yeah, it, it is, again, I'm white. Hasn't really affected me too. To, to be honest, like this is like, if you were to have like a list of like identity crisis, like mm-hmm. this is like the best one to have. Yeah. Like okay, interesting. Okay, like he's he's American and Canadian, but like an Anglophone in like a French province. Like yeah. Eh. What is really interesting is like teaching in the English system here. Okay. Because elaborate. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't want to say... It's not like I have like a lot of information no, that, no, 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 no. That, that I don't want to like let out. Mm-hmm. I, I am honestly probably just not the most like knowledgeable person about it. Mm-hmm. But um, specifically teaching English here in like the English sector is cool because there's kind of this weird sort of like apathy about what we need to teach hmm. where like because it's the english sector they're kind of like whatever you want to teach is <laughs> so there's like a ridiculous amount of freedom like i can teach atlanta and like mm-hmm. you know like obviously we have like markers we have to hit by like christmas mm-hmm. or this or that mm-hmm. you know like we have to teach uh public speaking and slam uh, poetry and blah 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 right mm-hmm. but can kind of like you can choose whatever way you want to get there yeah which is super liberating yeah which allows me to be like i can teach what i'm passionate about which is sick that's awesome like, yeah so that's like kind of the nice thing whereas if i was teaching i don't know like in south dakota i don't know if that'd be the same deal no, right probably not. i have no idea what teaching in the states is like you so. probably be teaching the bible let's be honest yeah which <laughs> i am not as well versed in. So, so although sufyan prop there's a ton of imagery there, there i so. mean most of his stuff is about it's God. basically old testament basically yeah. um and another thing that i've always like uh connected with you on is like we're both very tattooed yeah and you teach and you're able to have tattoos out yeah and the culture here in montreal seems to be pretty like Pretty lax, yeah. People don't really seem to care, which is great, because that reminds me of home back in Oregon. Right. And you were just in Oregon. I was, yeah. Yeah, that was so great. The land of Craig. Yeah, yeah. my land. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, For sure. what, what do you, How do students react, respond to tattoos? Um, like, in a cool hip high school teacher so what i usually do is i'll do like the long sleeves thing for like the first like six weeks yeah because i am always kind of wary about the students being like oh he's like the tattoo guy yeah like i want them to get to know me first Mm -hmm. and then i'm a guy who also has tattoos Hmm. okay um i just don't want the tattoos to be a focus at the start even if it's for like 20 minutes yeah like I am, like, you're going to be attentive because of me, not because Mm -hmm. of my skin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Um, Usually the reaction is like, oh, sir, you've got tattoos. Like, oh, let me see. Can we see? It's Uh sick. Um, (laughs) And then it's over in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like they, they, also because they live here, right? So, like, their parents have tattoos and other teachers Mm -hmm. have, have them, right? So... 
Um, what's good, at least for me, is if I want to, sleeves aren't a problem. So when guys dress up, they wear more clothing mm-hmm. traditionally, right? Whereas, you know, in the summer for female uh, te- uh, teachers, right? Like, they, they want to wear, you know, whatever yeah they want but to be comfortable yeah you know and that obviously per- perhaps would show more like skin mm-hmm. like on their uh, uh, back or legs or whatnot and a lot of them have uh, tattoos so they don't have the option which you know i mean they they do yeah but you know um yeah but i think like within the staff like certain staff have the tattoos and it's not really a mm-hmm. big deal and uh yeah, it was never really a problem in terms of hiring. It was never really a problem in terms of... The only small thing is, like, sometimes staff want to touch the tattoos. And That's, like, like, a whole cultural thing. Yeah. People are so... Well, it's even beyond staff. The kids, have they don't... Yeah. One, I'm not, like, a really touchy sort of Same. teacher. I'm kind of like, we're going to keep our distance. I'm also... Yes. I'm, I'm glad not, to hear that, because as, as someone who's also, like, I think we probably have a similar energy in a classroom, like... The, the outgoing teachers, people always think are the ones that are, like, super close with the students. And I'm like, I keep as much distance between me and them as possible. Well, like, especially physically, right? Like, yeah. You gotta be super careful. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And emotionally, like, I don't want you thinking, uh, I care about you more than I need. I care about you. Right. But I don't want you to think that there is anything here. I'm a grown-ass adult. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, it's kind of that weird... It's the weird... It's a super friggin' weird job, man. Where, like, you kind of have to, like... You're, like, they're... It's like they're... Like, you kind of need... They need to feel like you care about them like their family. Mm -hmm. But you also need to be able to leave the family where they are and Mm -hmm. go home. Like, it's, it's kind of like this strange, like... It's hard. You need to love them, but not love them. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing that I think some educators don't make a good connection of. Yeah. Where I am... I pride myself on being able to help students feel good about themselves. Right. Feel valued. Feel um, heard. And at the same time, know that that is where it kind of ends. I want to make sure that you feel positive, you feel good about yourself. Oh, for sure. And I care about you in that. And I also have to take care of myself because yeah. there's so much that I go through as a human being as well. Because like I'll have students drop in on my office almost every day yeah and i'm like hey there's only so much i can personally do for you yeah and when you're with students every single day and you see so many students every single day like i know some colleagues who go like i mean i'll go out of my way for a student right but i'm not going to do it every single day because it's it's irresponsible but um yeah i'm so happy that you touched on that because uh, the big what i've kind of seen and it kind of came like it like really became full fledged in my head after talking uh, to a colleague who just said like, there are a lot of teachers who don't r- realize that if you carry them to the end, they're not gonna be grateful for it. Like mm-hmm. if you carry them to the end, you're doing 
everyone a disservice mm -hmm. because not they they're not learning mm -hmm. and also you have you have you've spent too much mm -hmm. trying to get them to either graduate or pass or this mm -hmm. or that it's no longer a it's no longer an educational experience if you are the one doing the education for them yeah and it's really hard for a lot of te teachers to understand that and i at times struggle with it because you have a connection with a student and you're yeah. like damn it mm -hmm. like and sometimes Kyle, you, like and sometimes you might have the closest connection to a student but, but yeah. than anyone else honestly at your yeah. school like yeah. i had that with some of my students when i was teaching high school and like i hugged two students the entire time i taught high school one of which was after i found out he had attempted suicide right the weekend before i like hugged him i'm like you deserve to be here you deserve a life blah 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 like i i like just i held on to him like you're not going to leave that way right i've been there i get it and like, that's a testament to how, like, I really try my hardest to make sure that they are learning some of these lessons on their own. Right. I can give them tools. I can give them lessons. I can give them uh, resources. But I can't live their life for them. Yeah. And no, 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 no. Because no one did that service for me, and I'm fine. Yeah. I, I failed along the way. They're going to fail along the way. But ultimately... It's important for us to arm students as well as possible. Yeah. But then, like, pat them on the back, get your shit done. Get your shit done. And also, in a couple years, you're going to be not a student. Like, you're going to be just another guy. Yeah. Or girl, like, or person. Like, mm -hmm. and you know what? Next year, there's going to be more students. There's going to be new ones. Yep. Like, I could go my entire career, like, feeling so passionately about one grade every year. Exactly. Right? Like, and you see them progress, like, yeah. you see them graduate, like, and they we, move on. Yes. Like, one of the more frustrating things to see sometimes is, like, it, I always, it's always very sweet when students graduate and then return to, like, say hi and yeah. this and that, but sometimes it gets taken to this, like, like welcome home like yeah. it's just like no man like it's cool for them to to move on to feel yeah. like acceptance elsewhere yeah um i think it's 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 not just cool it's crucial like it's super important um we te teachers at times i don't know we have a hard time letting go mm -hmm. you know and it's like every year there's gonna be another group of kids that you you love or like you take uh, uh care of or you nurture. We just have to, like, remember that. It's like, at the end of the year, it's not the end of your job. Yeah. It's just your job till next S September. Like, you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. You know? But sometimes we just get so romantic about it, which I which is a huge reason why I want to kind of teach for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you can have a job that you feel romantic about, like, damn, like, that's that's it right like that's yeah. like the key like if you can feel like passionate like about your memories of it like that's fantastic but sometimes we have trouble kind of letting go a little bit but yeah i'm not pretty enough
time for the music break portion of the podcast. We're going to bring you some tunes from me and Caprice. It's the remastered version of their EP for those who think you. You can check it out at meandcaprice.bandcamp.com. You can also check it out at disposableamerica.bandcamp.com. Check out Disposable America, a great Massachusetts-based DIY label putting out some wonderful punk tunes and indie tunes so if you want to listen or you want to support this album you can get it for free name your own price for the digital copy you can get it it's all yours it's for you to listen to we're gonna play you the song not my blues from me and capris off the newly remastered ep for those who think you check it out here is not my blues by me and capris
That was Not My Blues by Me and Caprice. Check out their newly remastered version of their EP for those who think you over at disposableamerica.bandcamp.com or at meandcaprice.bandcamp.com or find them on Twitter, find them on Facebook, find them all over the internet. Support great DIY bands and up and coming tunes. Support them today. All right, let's finish up this conversation with Chris Paraskevis. So, speaking of romantic and passion, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're, we're getting a little uh, spooky sexy. Over yeah, here. we are. Yeah. Um, so, you've kind of proposed a new course offering in your on your campus on your school. So what is all that? What, what's I'm, this about? I'm not going to take credit for it because okay. it is definitely my colleague. Uh, like her idea her name is amber coon she's fantastic um so we kind of so teaching grade 11 english last year was really interesting because we teach how to write an article and respond and all that and the news last year was just like constant like terrible me too time's up like sexual assault and like harassment and allegations and like responses. I feel like my and country's to blame and I'm sorry. 100%. 100%. Um, but we're not all great people in Canada either, although we're really trying to look like it. Um, in comparison. So it, it, it was really fascinating to see our students respond to these articles mm-hmm. and see some who were like really passionate about like feminism and like this is our moment and then other students are like this what is the big deal Mm -hmm. and you're like what i thought like you were like 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 i'm 24 or 25 like i should be like i'm super like stoked on this stuff like you're younger than me like you're the next generation Uh almost like you should be like me and to have that like expectation dropped was like oh damn it like no, like they're they're not there yet either. Just like I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, and you can't expect them to feel passionately about everything mm-hmm. that you feel passion uh, uh, passionately about, justice wise, right? Um, but at least it was interesting as a dialogue and as a discourse for our classes. Um, and so Amber proposed, or she she just kind of was like if we were to create an option class for students to choose to talk about relationships and how to communicate in them and how to talk about talk about talking about sex Mm -hmm. with your partner or with someone that you're interested in or what it's like to talk to your friends about sex or what it's like to you know i mean Obviously, it's assuming that we know everything about all of these issues, yeah. which is a scary place to teach from in the first place. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually teaching the course. Yeah, yeah um, you said that. Yeah. She is, but uh, I helped create it with her just as kind of like a counterbalance uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting. It's like a course kind of solely designed to talk about like, how how do we negotiate and communicate with people that we feel passionately about or mm-hmm. are in a relationship with? What are relationships like in our lives? Like, mm-hmm. who do we idolize? And do we want to be like uh, mom or dad? Do we want to be like uh, Jim and uh, Pam? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, do, like 
in terms of TV or movies or real life, where do we, how have we learned our perception of what a relationship is and how mm-hmm. it should f- function? Yeah. And what do we want for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be taught. I think there's one section of it. So there'll be 30 kids in our school who are uh, taking it. And I hopefully will get a chance to sit in and kind of uh, contribute to the class as well um, if I have a spare and if it like works out uh, time-wise but uh, I'm super excited for it I think it's like a it's a good class to have as like an addition to the ethics program yeah you know and uh, yeah I think it's makes sense now yeah that's really great because a lot of my work revolves around those conversations and I it's hard for me when I'm talking with like college students about that stuff and it is, uh, some of them still don't seem to get it. Right. And so it's really important for folks to get that conversation way earlier in life. Yeah. Because I ultimately, like one of the biggest questions we get is like how, what is like, what is like the key to like a successful relationship is always communication. And then right. like the question is how do I have a successful sex life? Communication. Mm-hmm. How do I... Um, make sure that I'm pleasing my partner f- efficiently. Communication, like everything will come back to that. Um, the way you take care of yourself, the way you interact with your friends, it's all communication. Yeah. And even teaching it outside of the context that we're used to, like how we should teach consent outside of sexual context. For sure. This in like in context of like sharing and stuff. So it's important to have those as early as possible. So yeah. I'm stoked y'all are doing that. Yeah, and I am also interested to see what those conversations when they go home will be like as well. I yeah. think I think though, like obviously it was a class that they'll have chosen. Yeah. And at the start it'll be made clear like well, we're gonna be talking about this, this and that. It'll yeah. be some heavy stuff. So, you know, be prepared to be open to a lot of ideas, you know. Um, so I, I don't anticipate it being too big of a problem in terms of phone calls and emails i think it'll be okay especially where we're situated geographically yeah but uh, i'm excited about it lightning round lightning round all right so i'm just going to ask you some things that you like in life light stuff you can think of the first thing that comes off of the top of your head. Okay. I feel like I suck at this, but I've also never done it, so yeah. I feel like that's unfair it, to me. It's just hard at word association sometimes. Yeah. Also, use the stutter as much as you can if you yes. just need to Sweet. think about something. So the cool thing is that the stutter is a perfect way to stall for time, even mm-hmm. when I don't have to. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I'm like, going to leave in all the do time. Do you love me? I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite color? Uh, used to be red, now blue. Mm. I don't know why. I don't get it. Okay. I think blue just looks really good on me. Okay. Mm. I honestly have the same opinion yeah. of myself. But red is so dope. And I have a hard time wearing red, and it's one of my favorite colors. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, favorite food? Uh, tacos, I think. Tacos? Maybe. We're probably going to get some tacos. I've been on a lot of tofu. I don't know, I've been eating like tons of tofu. Interesting. It just absorbs any flavor you want it to yeah. absorb. And it's what it's supposed to do. It puts a smile on my face every damn time. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's weird though. Favorite yeah. place you've ever visited? Visited? I was recently in San Francisco, which was really, really cool. I don't know if it's my favorite place I've ever visited. Uh, coolest would probably be Turkey. 
So cool. Yeah. Like, Istanbul was dope. Nice. Yeah. It's Where'd just you go there? super different. I was, like, 20. Went okay. with my friend. We backpacked it. It was... It was... I found myself. Uh, uh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, but it was cool. What about a movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, All-time or current? I was always a big fan of uh, Blue uh, Valentine. Oh, yeah. The Ryan Gosling, yeah. uh, Michelle Williams movie. It's a rough uh, one. Yeah, it's heavy, but I saw that one, like, alone in a theater That's which was tough. weird and it was just great um but yeah I'm just gonna stick with that one that's cool yeah what about TV TV ooh The Office is like a comfort food thing so I'll just kind of put that there but uh best show the best single season of TV was like season one of uh True Detective oh yeah that kicks so much ass yeah I haven't yeah. seen that oof yeah fantastic you love it? Yeah, yeah. Good TV, man. Um, I know that you love baseball. I do, yeah. I don't know if I know your favorite team, though. My favorite team is the Red Sox, okay. but I'm not... I get why that's super lame. Yeah. I know you're from uh, Boston, or like you live there now. I live there now. Um, yeah. So it's not super lame for you. Yeah. But for anyone who's like a, a baseball fan of pretty much any other team, team they're like ugh that's so easy and it is super super easy I, I think it's more easy to like the Yankees I know but that's what a Red Sox fan would say yeah 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 but yeah. but but <laughs> like so I'm very apologetic about it but to be fair I do like I like like quality baseball like I I would rather watch a great game where the Red Sox lose mm -hmm. than a crappy game where they win I just mm -hmm. love the sport in general yeah, so, yeah. no it's great yeah no, I love that. Um, what about some books? Books? English guy. Uh, books, English guy. I just read a great book called uh, Homegoing. Okay. Um, the author's name escapes me right now, but essentially it takes, it runs through um, the lineage of two sisters in uh, colonial... Uh, uh, Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, so it follows their ent entire lineage, how they split up and had families and families and families and uh, uh, families, like up until the 1990s. Okay. So it's fiction, but is like an accurate uh, uh, depiction of how like fractured and uh, 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 different the effects of uh, colonialism had mm -hmm. so one family s stays like in africa the other one like ends up in uh baltimore okay and it it just kind of was like a very visceral and crazy look at kind of the reality of uh uh colonialism and slavery hmm. that i had never like seen kind of just like shown yeah like that it's a fantastic read yeah that's awesome I check that one out. Home going, yeah. Home going. Okay. Um, I like to end on music. Cool. Uh, what do you have? Some some of your favorite bands, um, albums, things you're liking now. Right now, I'm like me. going crazy on Brockhampton. I oh like, yeah. I just <laughs> I can't stop, and it's like making me sick because it's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, everything about them is just great. It's hip hop in the most fun and exciting, yet yet also like socially aware way um outside of brock i like what am i listening to now i'm listening to a, a lot of lord 
yeah. her last record, which came out a couple years ago, is last like year, really, right? really good. Maybe I think even a Hello couple drama. years. Yeah, came out last year. So good. Um, big fan. Run the jewels mm-hmm. thrice. Mm-hmm. Cirque survive. Uh, the uh, beach house record yeah. is like so 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 damn good. But uh, I feel like I'm doing forgetting someone i like grew up like on the strokes mm-hmm. they were like my high school uh band yeah they're still great but uh you know a little bit of everything man. yeah a little no, bit that's of good yeah. that's awesome and we've been jamming out to st vincent the entire time yeah she's so so good. annie clark is amazing the best all right, man. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was me. a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to have this conversation really while I was nice. in town. I feel like it sounds like we're like saying farewell, but I'm like about to hang out with you for like, yeah, we're, we're for, like another play, day. We're about to go. <laughs> we're gonna go play catch. Yeah. We're gonna go have a catch. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna go get some food, and then tomorrow we're gonna do probably run again. Tomorrow. Sure. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, we've been running together. We both run, too. We both run. Oh, yeah. More fun yeah. stuff we have. In oh, mind. and I host a podcast. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, what are some ways folks can be in touch with you if in they touch. want to chat or get in touch or see some of the cool stuff you do? Um, It would be cool to chat, to talk about uh, baseball. I host a podcast with my friend John called Phantom Tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter, Phantom Tag uh, Podcast, Facebook, Phantom Tag. Phantom Tag. Email Phantom Tag Pod at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Essentially, we're called Phantom Tag. We talk, uh, <laughs> we talk about. Is it called Phantom Tag? <laughs> yes. Um, if you're asking why is it different than any other uh, baseball podcast, I don't want to answer that question. But it is mostly like an. Anal- Political for the first half, and then totally stupid for the second half. So if Hell you yeah. like stupid stuff and smart stuff, I'm primarily the stupid stuff. Nice. Uh, then listen to Phantom Tag. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll tag people. Oh my god! I'll tag you. We never even made that in like the show as a notes. like as a. Oh my god! That's like the best wordplay that yep. I, we never really even like tag. Your I was friends. also an English guy, so yeah, I like words too. Making connections. Literary so. <laughs> all right well thanks so much man no problem we did it there you have it one more episode done episode 51 in the books very thankful for chris paris Givas sitting down with me to chat a little bit about what it's like teaching high school english in french canada very thankful for that we got to listen to some saint vincent while we did it don't know if you heard some of that we had saint vincent playing in the background the whole time very good stuff uh chris and i did go have a catch right after the recording which was really nice and we went for a run earlier that day so there was a lot of hanging out a lot of palling around it was fun i like that I like that guy. What a good guy. All right. If you want to hear more tunes from me and Capri's, go to meandcapri's.bandcamp.com. Go to disposableamerica.bandcamp.com. I forgot to mention earlier, but me and Capri's and Disposable America have a really kick-ass cassette of that remastered version of the For Those Who Think You by me and Capri's. Get it. You can buy it right now. It's $5 on the Bandcamp site. But if digital's more your game, you can get it for free if that's what you want. Or throw them some shekels. Whatever you, whatever you can do. However you want to support the bands. 
Even just listening to it, I think, is very helpful. You can get them on Spotify, whatever else you want to do. You can also support my good pal Jacqueline O'Connell by going to InBetweenSpins.com and finding all the good stuff that she does on social media at InBetweenSpins. So please, 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 please go support my friends. Go support good people. And thank you for supporting supporting this podcast and listening to me ramble and uh, have a really hard time talking sometimes. But that's okay. Um, some folks know that I've been kind of sick over the last couple of weeks. I think we're figuring it out. I don't know. Still have a pretty terrible cough, but I'm hoping that it goes away soon. It has not been fun, but, uh, alas, still kicking ass, still trying to do some good work in the world amid all of it. But yeah, I'm going to leave you with some more tunes from me and Caprice and we'll see you in, uh, see you next week. Yeah, this is, this month has four pods instead of three. So yeah, I'll see you next week. Until then, let's get to work. And it took me long to get here. But by the time I did, I'd assimilated. I'd assimilated.